Awesome. So thank you so much for joining the Duval Dims podcast. Uh, today we have Mark Resner, who is a regional vice president with Watson Realty Group. And today we're going to be talking about housing affordability. Um, if you live in Jacksonville or any other place in the state, you have noticed spiking costs for rents, for mortgages, for housing prices. And this is something that is affecting millions of families all across our community and all across our state. So this is an opportunity for us to talk about what's happening and um, get a better idea as to what's going to happen in the future. So, Mark, why don't you introduce yourself? And then we can get started. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm, I'm Mark Rosner, uh, Regional Vice President for Watson Realty Corp. And uh, this year's president for Northeast Florida Association of Realtors. Um, I've been in the real estate business since uh, 2005. I, I, I left a retail career in department store management uh, back in 2005. Um, I listed and sold, working directly with uh, customers for about four years before I um, got into management and leadership uh, at Watson Realty. I led the St. John's office on County Road 210 for almost 10 years, and uh, most recently became the regional vice president of the North Central region in uh, 2018. I've uh, loved to be involved with Northeast Florida Association of Realtors and Real MLS and have been involved since uh, 2011 in various capacities and um, uh, just really love to get back to the industry that's been good to to me and my family. Thank you so much, Mark. Um, so uh, Jacksonville has seen a lot of growth in the last two decades. Um, there's a lot more housing inventory than um, most of our community has probably seen in a very long time. Um, but at the same, same time, we're going, going through a moment where uh, housing is becoming really, really expensive. Uh, 60 Minutes just did a, a special on Jacksonville um, a couple months ago talking about rising rental prices and, and home prices. Is this a phenomenon that you've been seeing in our community for a while or is this recent? Well, many of the <clears throat> trends began uh, prior to the pandemic. And, and you're absolutely right. Uh, our population has grown uh, pretty significantly uh, over the last couple of decades, but particularly in the last 10 years. Um, and during the pandemic, we saw extreme demand for housing in our marketplace for a number of reasons. Uh, the millennial population is reaching peak home buying age, uh, and there's a lot of them, right? So it's created a lot of demand. And when uh, the pandemic hit and we uh, moved home uh, to, to work remotely, uh, many people uh, realized that their current home just really didn't fit the needs of a remote workforce, uh, particularly if there were dual income uh, careers in the household. So uh, that's created a lot of, of uh, demand. And there are densely populated and very expensive markets throughout the Northeast and, and West Coast that realized if they were working from home, why not work from home in Northeast Florida where the weather is awesome. Uh, we have a very good tax environment and uh, statewide without a, a state sales tax. So uh, created a lot of demand. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we had noticed over the last couple of years, a pretty significant decrease in the amount of uh, available homes for sale and even for rent. And so with supply restricted, 
and excessive demand in the area, it, it kind of was the perfect storm for a very significant increase in the median sales price. So do you think with that, that we just don't have enough inventory for the amount of people that are moving into Jacksonville? Well, absolutely. Uh, NAR has recently uh, done a study and estimate that there's about a five and a half million home gap uh, nationwide. So um, after the downturn and builders uh, restricted the construction that they were doing, it created a, a, a housing shortage uh, of about five and a half million homes nationwide. And uh, with the millennial population uh, hitting that home buying time and forming households, um, you know, there, there became a lot of demand. So, uh, yes, that, that shortage has been uh, happening really since the downturn. So many communities have tried to find different ways to deal with um, the lack of inventory. Um, some have used the affordable um, arrest, I mean, the American Rescue Package to uh, subsidize costs for families that are low income. Um, other communities like Minneapolis um, for years have been using their zoning laws to make uh, mixed use uh, properties more available for builders and investors to build out. Um, what should Jacksonville be doing to create more inventory that's not only available, but for affordable? I, th I think we need to be creative as a community and, and leverage some of the programs that um, the federal government is, is looking to implement to create a situation where there are grants and incentives uh, available to the private sector uh, to convert some underutilized commercial space into uh, residential and, and, and affordable uh, residential properties. I think that all of us have driven past a uh, mostly empty shopping center uh, whether it's a strip mall or a, a, a indoor mall. And th those properties may be very ripe for a mixed use uh, uh, situation with some affordable housing uh, involved. And I think that um, some grants or incentives, either at the state level, uh, local level, or national level, would help us really uh, find creative ways to address this issue. I think a lot of people um, are really keen into this particular conversation because I think in Jacksonville, there are a lot of areas that you see a lot of new apartment buildings kind of shooting up, the South Side in particular. Um, right. Do you think there are other places around town where um, the city has the potential of resuming them from commercial to mixed use to build more um, apartment availability and, and flexibility for people to find options? Absolutely. Uh, as a, you know, Jacksonville is a very large metropolitan area of landmass, and, and there are opportunities to, to revitalize and redevelop some areas that uh, perhaps have seen better days uh, to be able to uh, find those commercial properties that are, are, are perfect for uh, revitalizing into affordable housing. I, I think that it takes some public-private partnerships to be able to make the construction or the renovation of commercial property into um, uh, residential property uh, affordable for uh, the investors. I gotcha. So, switch tact. I am a millennial. I am 30 years old. I am right at that age point where you're talking about um, a lot of people are interested in buying homes. 
but if anyone has started uh, looking at homes, getting pre-qualified and making offers, they know that it is really competitive out there. Yes. Uh, so uh, what should first time home buyer buyers know beforehand so that way they can actually uh, end up with a home at the end of the deal? I think the the first step for folks that are looking to purchase their first home is know their financial situation and what they really can afford. Uh, We are looking at, and and, uh, the Florida legislature just recently passed and funded a hometown heroes program for down payment assistance uh, for first uh, responders and frontline workers, which will help um, those that want to live in the community in which they work uh, be able to uh, afford to buy a home. We know that having savings for a down payment is one of the barriers uh, for first-time home buyers uh, to make that leap into home ownership. And so, you know, that's one program uh, that I'm very proud that Florida Realtors participated with the legislature uh, to make that happen. But I think the first step is, is know your financial situation and what you can afford. Second step would be uh, to partner with a trusted real estate professional, a realtor in your community, uh, someone that you know and trust, uh, and then listen to their guidance. Uh, it's a process in today's co- competitive market. Uh, and you have to be creative about how you structure your offer to be able to win in a competitive uh, multiple offer situation. Uh, and I think one of the first steps there is for your realtor uh, to reach out to the listing realtor and, and find out really what is motivating the seller and what do they need to be able to at- accomplish their goals. And if you can structure your offer so that it meets the needs of the seller, uh, you'll be in a much better bargaining position uh, with with your offer. I think a lot of first-time home buyers are are trying to figure out, especially when they're about to make an offer, how much cash do they need in order for them to be able to to really be competitive with many of the offers that investors are kind of coming in with, either all cash or partially cash that make them a lot more attractive. Um, between the the down payment assistance that they can get from either the state or um, the local government, um, how much should we be saving um, in order for us to be able to actually buy a home? Well, and that is um, a very unique for each individual situation. And so I think your realtor can really help you identify what the real costs will be. Uh, but typically, uh, in an FHA uh, or uh, conventional, three and a half percent to five percent down uh, is typical for a conventional or an FHA loan. Um, obviously, our veterans have one hundred percent financing available to them uh, through the VA loan program. So uh, each individual has a different financial situation, and each marketplace is a little bit different. Even hyperlocal differences within the greater Jacksonville area. And so um, really your uh, realtor can be able to kind of set those parameters for you. But, um, you know, there's possibility with down payment assistance to get into uh, your first home with with little or or nothing down. Uh, You will have some initial costs, um, inspections, um, survey, um, uh, appraisal and those kinds of things. Uh, that can run a couple thousand dollars. So uh, really your your realtor can look at your specific situation, your price point, the location that you're looking and be able to identify uh, what cash needs you'll need. Now, when you talk about a cash offer, 
Uh, about 30% of our market is in uh, the sales are in cash. Um, that's rather high. Typically, we look in the 20 to 25% cash um, uh, sales. So it's a little bit higher now than it has been in the past. And it's very difficult to compete uh, with a all-cash offer from the seller's point of view. However, if you structure your offer so that you allow the seller to perhaps um, live in the home after closing for a period of time while they uh, find the home that's right for them, uh, that might be very appealing uh, to a seller that they might not be able to get with a cash offer. So, uh, you know, there are ways that you can be creative. Uh, appraisal gap is, is uh, another tool that you can use. Uh, where you go into a, uh, and, and that takes a little bit more of a cash, cash position uh, to be able to pay over appraised value, but it's happening every day in our marketplace. Okay. Do you think that, the, I think the medium, median uh, home price in Jacksonville is well north of 275000 at this point. Um, do you think that price is going to keep on going up? Um, and the reason why I ask that question, I think a lot of people my age, for good or for bad, are, are, are hoping that there's that point where there's a drop <laughs> and we can take advantage of, uh, of that situation. But do you think uh, there's no bubble it's going to continue to continue to rise? So I don't see a bubble. And from all the uh, real estate economics uh, professionals and, and people that look at it every day, we really don't see a, a bursting bubble. Um, I do anticipate that the median price will uh, begin to moderate and, and just fluctuate up or down a couple percent on a monthly basis. But all of that is very hyper-local. Um, in Duval County, the uh, median price today is $315,000. Um, but that ranges from a little over $200,000 in Putnam County uh, to over $525,000 in St. John's County. So uh, you know, there, it's a really a hyper-local situation. Will there be some communities, some neighborhoods that see a slight dip in the median price in that particular uh, hyper-local area? It's possible, uh, but we're, uh, most economists are saying probably in about the 5% range. Uh, uh, so if you're looking for the market to crash, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and with interest rates rising uh, and median price at least stabilizing, maybe ticking up a little bit, there's probably no better pe uh, time to buy than now. Okay. So you buy your house, you buy your first home, and uh, you are trying to find insurance. And this is the other, <laughs> this is the other uh, issue that I think a lot of families are kind of dealing with, with the rising cost of insurance um, all across the state. Um, the legislature is going into a special session next week, hopefully to deal with the rising costs of insurance that we're seeing. Um, possibly see some reforms with the state-backed insurance with citizens' property insurance. Um, what do you think we can expect from that session, and why do you think that um, property insurance rates are going so high across the state? Insurance, homeowners insurance, is absolutely a, a an issue in the state of Florida, and I, I think if it's it's not just an insurance issue, uh, it, it goes beyond that. And I'm thrilled that Governor DeSantis uh, convened this special session to to address this issue. But let me just kind of throw some stats out for you, right? 
that really kind of bring home why our insurance costs in the state of Florida are, are skyrocketing. If you look at litigated uh, homeowners insurance claims throughout the country, and you look at all 49 other states, uh, they averaged about 730 litigated uh, claims. Uh, that was in 2020. In the state of Florida, that number was 95,000. So uh, litigated claims in the state of Florida uh, are really the big reason why uh, our insurance uh, is going out up as much as, as it has. Uh, one estimate from an insurance um, uh, consortium indicated that of the $15 billion in insurance payouts in 2013, and I know that was a long time ago, but 71% of that 15 billion went to attorneys and uh, legal expenses. So you know, there, there, there is that kind of uh, litigated claim issues uh, that I'm very comfortable and very hopeful that the legislature will address in this session. Florida has never always had that reputation of being a, a, um, a state that has a lot of uh, litigation. I think a lot of <laughs> it, that, that's been one of those, um, those, those issues that I think a lot of politicians in the past have tried to market the state as being a, a low risk environment. How do you think we got to the point where uh, many people um, are having to sue their insurance companies to, I don't know, um, fix their roofs? I think that's one big issue that's, that's, that's pushing up the price a lot. Um, so how, how do you think we got to this point? Well, I think where we ran into the trouble was uh, for with some uh, roofing contractors that were perhaps not as straightforward as we we like them to be, um, and assignability of uh, benefits from your homeowners, and and uh, a roofing company might go in and knock on doors within a neighborhood that recently had a storm, um, and, and say, hey, I can get you a free roof, and, and then solicit an attorney. Uh, to help them with that claim process with the insurance company. Um, and, and I think that that has been a, a, a significant portion uh, of what's happened with the in, uh, rise of insurance. Do you think that unless the legislature makes some big changes to the insurance market, we're going to continue to see insurance companies become insolvent close out, leave the state, and options become fewer and fewer? It's very possible. And, and you know, we, we, we set up the statewide insurance as an insurance of last resort. And it's turning out to be um, more and more uh, an option for folks. And it, it can be more expensive. And you're right. We are seeing insurance company leaving the state of Florida uh, for a number of reasons. And it's really not hurricane uh, damage. Uh, in today's world. It was back, you know, 2004 and five when we unfortunately had a lot of hurricanes come through the state of Florida. Uh, it's really not a hurricane issue. It, it really is a litigated claims uh, issue. So yes, I'm hopeful that the legislature will find a way uh, to, to limit that kind of uh, situation uh, so that we can uh, have a more stable insurance market. From, uh, I think another big um, legislative fight that happened last session was, um, not last session, but the session before that was the Sadowski Fund. 
Mm -hmm. um, and the ability for this state to have a consistent stream of funds to be able to build out um, affordable homes all across the state. For people that are unaware about it, can you explain what the Sadowski Fund is and, and how it can um, provide more affordable homes here in Duval? So when, when you purchase a home uh, in the state of Florida, um, the seller typically pays for deed stamps, which is a tax on the sale price of the home uh, that goes into the Sadowski Fund. Uh, and that Sadowski Fund was set up uh, to do just what you explained, uh, to be able to promote affordable housing in the state of Florida. Over the years, that money was not used um, completely for affordable housing. And so the legislature kind of scraped that money into the general fund for a lot of other reasons. And Florida Realtors has been very, very active in making sure that the Sadowski Fund is, is held intact for affordable housing. Um, we weren't as successful uh, two years ago in making that happen. And, and as a result of that, uh, Florida Realtors worked with the legislature to create the Hometown Heroes uh, uh, Down Payment Assistant Program, which is a, a solution uh, for affordable uh, making, uh, the, reducing that barrier of a down payment uh, toward purchasing your first home. So it, it wasn't building affordable homes. Uh, that's not really its intent, but it's to, the fund is there to be able to help folks um, be able to purchase a for, uh, housing in their marketplace. And how do you think Duval has has used its portion of the Sadowski funds uh, to be able to build affordable housing? And, and can we be doing more uh, to create more inventory? I do think that as a community, we have the opportunity to leverage what's happening at the state level uh, to, to be able to get more of that money uh, into Duval County. And, and there's some things happening on the federal level as well uh, that would be uh, grants or incentives to help revitalize uh, areas um, in the downtown area and, and others, um, you know, homes that and areas that have uh, become distressed to be able to provide incentives to go in and renovate those areas and revitalize those areas uh, to make uh, affordable housing available. Um, all right, I have a final question for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I wanna bank on the years and decades of experience that you have. If you were king for a day, oh my. you could do anything you wanted to do uh, here in Duval. Um, what would you do to create more housing affordability here uh, in the Jacksonville area? And uh, how would you do it? Wow, uh, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I, I've never really thought of, uh, of what I would do if I were king for a day. That's pretty amazing, <laughs> right? But um, I think that I would encourage some private uh, public partnerships and, and really be creative about, about how we go about that. Um, I think the realtors can play a big part in that process. Uh, I think the realtors in our community know our communities very, very well and can help uh, investors and, and builders, as well as uh, our representatives in local government, kind of understand the issues in each hyper-local neighborhood and what it would take to make that happen. 
And that might look very different in a Springfield than it would in a South Side or uh, intercoastal area. So to, to blanket it with one solution would be very difficult to do. Other than I do believe it, uh, it really rests on uh, bringing all the interested parties together and, and being really creative um, uh, and not do things the way we've always done them just because that's the way we've always done them. But, but be creative and think outside of the box on how we can resolve some of these issues. Okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> um, well, I just want to thank you so much, Mark, for taking the time to, to join us on the podcast. Any final words that you want to give the audience before we, we end it? Well, I, I thank you for the opportunity uh, to, to be here today. And, and really, I think the piece that is most important for me as uh, president of Northeast Florida Association of Realtors is to encourage folks to reach out to their realtor uh, to help guide them through this process. It's a crazy market, um, and, and we do it every day as realtors. And you know, we're dedicated to helping people uh, achieve the American dream of home ownership, and um, we'll work uh, night and day to make that happen for you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. So like he said, if you're interested in buying a home or you're thinking about buying a home, contact a local realtor that you know and trust or or you have a familiarity with and, and, and see what makes sense for you and your family. Um, that does it for our episode of the Duval Dennis podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune into our next episode where we'll talk about other issues that are impacting our community.